are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsiegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast. Oh, 
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of JM Sunday here with you on Sunday, the 18th of November, 2012, the fourth day in the month of Kislev, 5773. I'm Matis Weingast joining you this morning, and thanks for listening all around the world. NachumSiegel.com, jmandtheam.org, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in this morning, as it were, uh, joining us on another JM Sunday the uh, the week has gone back uh, most, for most people to some semblance of normalcy around this area, in the east coast of the United States, following Superstorm Sandy. Unfortunately, a storm of another kind has uh, has had missiles raining down on Israel for this past week. And uh, last night, I believe it was reported that uh, over a thousand strikes were carried out by Israel into the Gaza Strip to destroy the uh, the enemy Hamas, and uh, hopefully the uh, operation will remain a safe one for Israel and be able to root out the enemies that are entrenched in that area and causing so much, so much uh, trouble and tension and, and death and injury to uh, to the region. We will get more information about the news from Israel later on uh, with... Uh, with Galit Sal Radio at 8 o'clock, and maybe some other uh, some other people who will be able to join us to talk about the situation in Israel. Coming up at 7.30, Morning Chizuk with Rabbi Goldwasser. If you want to send in a request for a song, uh, or you have an announcement, please feel free to do so. Matis at NachumSiegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S, at NachumSiegel.com. That's the... Best way to reach us here at JM Sunday. It was my pleasure to join everyone on JM in the AM last Monday when I took over for Nachum for the day. And it was good to have Nachum back on Tuesday carrying out the remainder of the week. I'll go through the entire schedule for today on the stream and I'll let you know what's happening this week over at JM in the AM because there are a few uh, hosting changes that will be taking place for this week. And this week only, because here in the United States, it is going to be Thanksgiving. So we'll let you know all about that. It's the 46th daf in Shabbos, for those who are following along. And it's 7.08 in the morning on the east coast of the United States. And again, thank you everyone for joining us this morning here on JM Sunday. We're going to go right to some music. We'll get back with more programming. Rabbi Goldwasser, as I said, with Morning Chiz are coming up at 7.30. But right now... On to the music here on JM Sunday. Nine, 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 nine. Oh, 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 oh. nine, 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 nine. 
Before that, Kulanu from Dedi. Modani opened up our song segment, as it usually does on a Sunday morning, actually every morning on JM in the AM and on JM Sunday. Uh, I had said that anybody who wants to request a song is certainly able to, and uh, you can send me an email at matis at nachumsegel.com. That's M-A-T-T-E-S at nachumsegel.com. And even though Hanukkah is three weeks away, we're going to play some Hanukkah music by request. Light up the nights 
from the Miami Boys Choir here on JM Sunday.
by request here on JM Sunday, Light Up the Nights, Miami Boys Choir. It is three weeks from Hanukkah, but we figured we'd get that request in because it was sent to us through our email, matas at nachamsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsegel.com. That's the place where you can send requests for songs and announcements, birthday wishes, whatever you wish. Whatever you want to send us, you can. M-A-T-T-E-S at NachumSiegel.com. As a matter of fact, as I just posted on Facebook, we're going to have another request coming up after Morning Chizuk in just a couple of minutes. And uh, if you have a chance and you're on Facebook, please go to JM Sunday if you haven't done so already. Go to JM Sunday and like us. Like that page. Like that page. We're at 72. We want to uh, move up. Climb the ladder up to a hundred and get uh, up to a hundred in a matter of uh, in a matter of weeks if we can. Just keep on getting there. It's a great way to keep in touch with us. This way we let you know what's going on and let you know about the the announcements that are coming up, the songs that are coming up. More and more we'll be using uh, we'll be using that. And uh, you can also by sending us an email, you can give us uh, you'll be giving us your email, and if you don't mind, we'll send you uh, updates on JM Sunday also. Just a reminder that coming up at 9 o'clock after the show, the stream continues with great Jewish programming on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, 9 o'clock, I believe it starts with the Book of Life, Charlie Harari, an encore presentation from last week. And we'll go through the full schedule a little bit later on. Right now, at 7.30 in the morning on the east coast of the United States, it is time for Morning Chizuk and Rabbi Goldwasser's words, Lezecha Nishmas. Rabbi Zev, Rabbi Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Chavetz Chaim used to say, everyone has something to worry about. It is preferable for a person to worry about spiritual matters, and then he will be free from worrying about material matters. Bitochon helps to eliminate worry. If we remember how Hashem has helped us in the past, we'll find it easier to trust Hashem in the present. Moshe Rabbeinu kept telling Bnei Yisrael, Asher hoitzesi eschem me'eretz Mitzrayim. Remember, Hashem helped you in Mitzrayim, and He will help you again. We say in the Tfilis of the Yom Noroim, Alchet shechotonu l'fanecho b'simhoin levov. For the sin, for which we have sinned before you, by wondering. Wondering about why we have problems, worries, thinking that we haven't done anything to deserve this, and certainly we don't deserve any punishment. We see that it's not just that a person shouldn't worry, but it's an iser, it's a prohibition. Worrying will bring a person to the wrong hashkafas, to the wrong outlook. Haman was worried about his daughter. He wanted her to be married, so he gave the Eitzah to kill Vashti and take a new wife. What happened? Not only did he cause Esther to ascend to the throne, he single-handedly caused his death and the downfall of his entire family. It says in Chazal, Even if a sharp sword is resting upon the neck of a person, he should never give up. He should reinforce his bitachon, his trust in Hashem. Rebbe Limelech Singer the author of the Sefer Zichron Elimelech, was being marched by the Nazis into the Holocaust. He was calm and cold. One of the members of his Chabura came over to him and said, 
Rebbe Melech, how could you be so calm? What do you have to say? Rebbe Melech said that the great Vorka Rebbe and the Chidushi Arim were once traveling together to Warsaw. When they reached their destination, they discovered that someone had gone through their luggage and stolen their talesim and tefillin. The Chidushi Arim immediately became upset. He demanded that the carriage driver take responsibility for what happened. The Vorker, however, sat quietly, unconcerned. The Chidushi Arim asked him, Why don't you say something? Why aren't you upset? The Vorker answered, As soon as I stepped into this wagon, I declared that my peckle, my package, was hefker, ownerless, so nothing was stolen from me. Finishing his story, Rebbe Limelech said, pointing a finger at himself, I also declared my peckle to be hefker. It is emunon bitochon that will carry us through these days. This is Vin Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. May we hear Besurus Tavos about all of Klau Yisroel. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser, with uh, words for today. Words of chizik, literally and, uh, and figuratively. Thank you so much for that. A feature here on JM Sunday and JM in the AM. Heard each and every weekday morning, Sunday through Thursday, actually. On uh, on the stream and uh, over at the AM 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM on the dial. And I wanted to mention, very important, uh, something that Nachum has been mentioning all week. The uh, storm did a number on uh, the radio station from where the AM broadcasts. And uh, the station incurred about a quarter of a million dollars in damage from the storm, mostly from the uh, electronics the voltage spikes and whatever it is that uh, fried some of the equipment, very expensive equipment. And we're able to broadcast and continue the stream because of the great work that the staff members do over there at WFMU. And we thank them very much. But the silent campaign that is normally done at the year's end has turned into a full-blown emergency campaign. And if you're able to, we appreciate, as all our listeners do, to come out and help us by going to jmintheam.org. Again, jmintheam.org. Go to the pledge box right on top. You'll see it there. Click on pledge and give as generously as you can to help us because we really uh, did not expect something like this. And a lot of organizations are out there to help people in need from the storm. And it's very important to support those organizations if you can carve out some of your funds to please help us. Every bit helps, and uh, we definitely need it in order to continue and get back up to 100%. We appreciate everybody's patience in this and everybody's support. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll have Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, and uh, hopefully some additional news reports about what's going on in Israel. Uh, a community calendar announcement, which, where, where did I put it? Where's that community calendar announcement? Will you tell me? It's today, right? Yeah, let me, I'll find it. I'll find it. I have all these papers here. Still in the age of, uh, of papers, even in modern technology, but sometimes you need them. So what can we do? Well, here it is. Navigating the Spectrum and Beyond. That's what it's called. Navigating the Spectrum and Beyond, a free parent workshop. 
And the question is, are you a parent that suspects your child may have autism? The workshop is catered to families and professionals in the health, disability, and education field, home and community support workers. That's taking place today, November 18th, from 1 to 4 p.m. It's at the Chabad of Randolph, 48 West Hanover Road in Randolph, New Jersey. For information, please contact 347-470-5562, for that uh, program. Well, as I, uh, as I offered, anybody who wants to send us an email at matis at nachamsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsegel.com. Send us a song request or an announcement, we'll get it on the air. So here is, by request, Schlockrock from the album Emuna with the title song Emuna. By request here on JM Sunday.
Thank you, Baruch Levine, for Rafua. That was here on JM Sunday. And again, by request, we have a song coming up right now. It is uh, from Yaakov Shweki. And by request here on JM Sunday, Vehi Shamda.
צריכים להכיר את זה. Yaakov Shweki, live from Kisaria, that was Vihi Sheamda, by request here on JM Sunday. It is uh, 7.53 in the morning, Eastern Time, here in the United States. As I mentioned earlier, most people are back to some semblance of normalcy here in the East Coast following Hurricane Superstorm Sandy. But in Israel, things are certainly not back to normal. There is a storm of a different sort with rockets raining down constantly started pretty much, well, years ago, but started in earnest again about uh, about a week ago. Uh, and uh, Israel has certainly gone on the uh, defensive and turned it into an offensive, uh, an offensive to, to get rid of and root out Hamas. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined from Israel by Hannah Levy-Julian, who is the editor for Arut Sheva, Israel National News English Division to give us a perspective of what's been going on over the last few hours. Good morning, Hannah. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning. What's been happening in the last uh, couple of hours or so over there? Uh, it's been raining here in the south. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, actually, it's been raining fire. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I mean, we, we hear about what's going on over here. It's, uh, I, I know obviously you're not, you know, you're not laughing at the situation there, but only somebody who's in Israel can really fully appreciate what's, what's going on and, and even interject, you know, some semblance of normalcy. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, at, at some point, you, you have to develop a sense of humor because if you don't, um, then, uh, the panic, I guess, would overwhelm you. But, you know, most people, most people in the South learn to develop a sense of perspective and learn to take at least some of this in stride. We certainly don't accept any of it as normal. This is not normal. None of us accept it as okay. 
None of us accept this as acceptable. None of us see this as uh, life that should be. But um, none of us are willing to be placed on the run either. We certainly, uh, some of us definitely take our children out of harm's way, out of out of the line of rocket fire. Um, we also give ourselves breaks if need be so that our nerves don't get snapped to the breaking point. There are uh, a number of Facebook groups and listservs and telephone networking uh, organizations and all the southern municipalities and social workers have uh, networked in order to develop phone chains so that uh, people can, the families in the safe spots can host the families who are in the line of rocket fire to give them a break. I myself got a call this morning to ask if uh, I was able to uh, host a family to come in from deeper in the south um, because I'm on a list. Uh, which I'll have a family coming in later today. Um, but I I have a, a married daughter who on Friday morning headed south to Elat and very calmly informed me that there is not a chance on the planet she was going to let a bunch of stupid terrorists get in the way of having a good weekend. Not a chance. You have to... You ha- you have to do what you can do to stay sane, for sure. On the news front, it seems that Prime Minister Netanyahu has been working the phones around the world with uh, world, other world leaders and uh, basically hitting home what, what you said, that this is not normal, that no country in the world would uh, would go along with this for any length of time, would show the restraint right. that Israel has shown and uh, not protect itself. Uh, and and you know, the idea that the, so many of the rockets... You know, don't don't hit anything. It's just disingenuous. It's ridiculous because you never know what's going to hit where. Three people were killed the other day. Many people injured. Many people wounded. Homes destroyed. And and the terrorism, the definition of terrorism, is what's raining down. The fear that something is going to happen psychologically. You're right. You have to do what you can over there not to not to let it get to you in basically a uh, in what is a, a war area right now. Uh, that is uh, that is going on. The fact is that 90% of the children in southern Israel at this point are suffering some f- for, from some form of trauma-related uh, condition. Hmm. Wow. And and yeah, and at least at least 70% suffer from some form of PTSD. Wow. Those, that, are the, those, those are the statistics. And that will last a long time, and it's something else we can talk about. Hanna Levy-Julian, who's yeah. the editor at uh, Ruth Sheva, Israel National News English Division, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. There's one more quick question. I know you have to run, but uh, in, in, on the news end, does it seem that the shelling has subsided over the last 24 hours? The shelling has stepped up, and that was hmm. in response. Uh, yeah, I don't understand these people. They were warned that if they did not stop the rocket fire, um, the Israeli government would be forced to step up Operation Pillar of Defense. In response to that announcement, Hamas has stepped up the rocket attacks in the last hour. (laughs) There has been a rocket attack uh, every five minutes 
for the last hour wow. on major cities in the south. It's unbelievable what, what you're living through, and uh, you know we certainly wish you Hatzlacha, and that uh, this week should be a much better week than last. Perhaps we can talk again next week, and as we get into Hanukkah, a, a miraculous time, hopefully miracles will uh, occur and all this will stop. Miracles already have occurred because people are not being injured in these attacks. They are being traumatized, but with the exception of the casualties last week, uh, no one else has been killed, and there have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rocket attacks. Where else in the world would that have occurred except Eretz Yisrael? Absolutely. Thank you very much, Connor Levy. Julian, we're actually going to try to get to... Uh Khalid Sal Israel Army Radio right now with the 8 p.m. news. Thanks again, Khana Levy Julian, for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you soon. Be well. And uh, let's see if we can get to uh, Israel Army News. Yeah, it's in progress, the 3 p.m. news program here on JM Sunday. <laughs> השר ליברמן דיבר טרם כניסתו לפגישה בירושלים עם עמיתו הצרפתי. לא ישראל ולא שום מדינה אחרת לא יכולה להשלים עם המצב שיותר ממיליון איש נמצאים במקלטים ושיותר ממיליון איש מנהלים את חייהם לא לפי הסדר הרגיל. והשר לביטחון הפנימי יצחק אהרונוביץ' אומר אחר הצהריים, האופציה למבצע קרקעי בעזה קיימת בהחלט. כל הנושא הזה של התמרון הקרקעי הוא כרגע אופציה. ירצו, ישתמשו, לא ירצו, ימשיכו. בינתיים יש הרבה מטרות מספיק לחיל האוויר לבצע, והם עושים עבודה מצוינת. מטח כבד של רקטות בשעה האחרונה אל עבר אשדוד, אשקלון ויישובים נוספים בדרום. מדווחת עמית תומר. באשדוד התפוצצו שתי רקטות באזורים שונים בעיר, שבעה בני אדם לקו בחרדה ונגרם נזק במקום. רקטה נוספת נחתה על גג של בניין אך לא התפוצצה, חבלנים שהגיעו למקום פוצצו אותה באופן מבוקר. גם באשקלון נשמעו אזעקות, אבל מערכת כיפת ברזל בעיר הראתה את כל הרקטות בהצלחה. עיריית תל אביב קוראת לתושבים להשאיר את הדלתות פתוחות בחדרי המדרגות בעיר כדי שעוברים ושבים יוכלו למצוא שם מחסה בעת אזעקה. ופיקוד העורף מחדד בצהריים, כשנכנסים לממ"ד, חשוב לסגור בו את הדלת וגם את החלון. והנשיא פרס בשירות ההסברה הישראלית, כתבנו יאיר שרקי. אנחנו ננסה לשמוע את זה מאוחר יותר, מיד בתום המהדורה נמשיך בשידורי גלי צה"ל משדרות בתוכנית מוזיקה היום עם יואב קוטנר ואומנים מקומיים. תחזית מזג האוויר, היום ומחר תימשך ההתקררות. אלה החדשות שעורך עומר בן רובי, בצוות אפרת הראל וגרם ג'קסון. That was Israel Army Radio, גלי צה"ל, with the 3 p.m. news from Israel, and we're joined right now With uh, my good friend, Mayor Weingarten. How are you, Mayor? Bokatov, Matis. Bokatov, how are you doing this morning? Good. Thank you for joining. Very, I'm hearing the guy sound in the background still now. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. I've been up for a while, and I'm tuned in to, uh, through my cable network here to the Israeli news, television news. Yes. Watching it for the last few hours, and it's, uh, it's very distressing, and it's very difficult to watch. Uh, our brothers and sisters in Israel going through what they're going through. Absolutely. As uh, Hannah Levy-Julian just mentioned, she was on the air with us from uh, Arut Sheva. The, the psychological impact is something you know we talk about and think about, but we don't realize when you have rockets that, that are right now, the barrage coming in once every five minutes or so, you don't know where to go. It's like, I, I'm sure, and hopefully we'll be able to discuss this in the future, 
but you know it's almost in a state of shock. You don't know what to do. You just have to go about a normal life as much as possible. But of course, stay stay safe. And uh, it's just it's just mind-boggling. Uh, we just heard uh, from Galitzal. First of all, <laughs> on the good side, what what was the weather like? What did they say the weather was like there in Israel? No, I didn't really get the weather, but the weather is good. <laughs> Excellent. The weather is okay. And that is, by the way, it, you, it sounds like you're saying it in a joke, but it's very very important. Absolutely. Because uh, Israel is doing airstrikes, and in order to do them successfully, it's important that they have clear weather. Correct. And Correct. they don't have cloud cover and so forth. So right. that's very important that the weather is clear, and they're able to continue to do so. And I'm sure psychologically, uh, if it's a dull and dreary day, the populace also feels yeah, uh, under the weather. Much harder because a lot of people are inside. Exactly. Uh, they can't go out, and they're stuck. In addition, the ground forces, tens of thousands of soldiers are now amassed on the border, Ground forces possibly uh, going in uh, at some point in the future, and uh, if it's rainy and muddy and disgusting, it makes obviously their life even more frustrating. Absolutely, we heard a report that the cabinet met on a rare, uh, the security cabinet met on Shabbat yesterday uh, in Tel Aviv, and uh, through a, a phone call. A vote with the full cabinet, there was an authorization to call up up to 75,000 reservists uh, additional to the, uh, actually up but from the 30,000 total, up from the 30,000, correct. So uh, hopefully it's something that won't have to happen, but uh, you know it, it's there. Uh, the Prime Minister, as I mentioned before, has been working the phones with world leaders, and, and I hate to say it this way, but you know it's almost like a, a Jackie Mason routine. It's like as long as Israel goes in and doesn't, and there aren't too many civilian casualties, then it's okay. But if there are too many, then it's not okay. You can go ahead. You know, it's amazing to read the papers, uh, to see what's what's on the news and the headlines. A lot of times, I don't get a chance during the week to read one of the local newspapers, so I just put them all together and read them you know, over Shabbos and over right. the weekend. And particularly, I was paying attention this week to how the news was reporting the barrage of rockets that started a week ago. And it was interesting how the next article talked about the fact that Israel might decide to go with its controversial uh, plan of targeted killings. The next day it did that uh, with, the, uh, with the military leader of, right. of Hamas. And uh, then there was the barrage of rockets going back and the rhetoric back and forth. And all that was in... You know, it was on page three, page four. Granted, in this area, the storm is still taking front page. But, you know, all the rest was like, okay, until there was uh, not as much action by Israel, it was, it was relegated to the inner pages. And then suddenly, you have the, the major force of Israel going in, and then suddenly it's front page. It's like they're, they're waiting for something to happen. And uh, it's beyond that, Matis. This has been going on for 11 years. Of course. The people in the South are, are not, the, the, the um, number of rockets is, was much smaller, but the right. people in the South are living under constant threat for 11 years. Of course, with tens of thousands of rockets. And nobody in the media around the world has said a word. In fact, in, for the last two weeks, the pace increased. People were living in constant fear. Imagine with kids where every time that siren goes off, you've got to run to get into a shelter or to get into a safe area. You've got to grab your kids. The kids are traumatized, traumatized from this. And nobody said a word until 
Israel knocked off a terrorist leader. Oh, now the world woke up. It's amazing. It, it, it's beyond comprehension to me. I think it's some supernatural phenomenon. I don't understand it. Well, that's that's the way it, it certainly seems. I think it was, you know, I don't remember. I can't put my hands on it here, but I, th- I saw a cartoon that basically said that uh, not not describing the rockets that uh, have preceded the latest uh, round, if you will, right. of what's going on uh, is like is like talking historically about the United States entering World War II, but not mentioning Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a great that's a great analysis. Uh, and and that's what it's like. Uh, what's the latest news that you were able to get within the last well, uh, six uh, hours there, or so? Been, there have been rumors that there is a ceasefire in the works, and Israel is denying that. Um, Forcefully denying it. Israel is basically saying there won't be a ceasefire until uh, Hamas stops shooting. That's number one. (laughs) And are ready to accept that they will not continue to shoot. And no preconditions. The funny thing is that in the negotiations, it seems that Hamas is coming up with conditions for a ceasefire. You know, if if we agree to a ceasefire, Israel has to do this or that or the other thing. (laughs) And obviously that's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, one of the things I find fascinating is the people that live in southern Israel who have been going through this hell on earth, basically, now, for years, but more so for the last two weeks, are not, they themselves keep every interview, no matter who they're interviewing, whether the man on the street, mayors of the cities that say, don't stop, right. keep going, we will stick it out, we will tough it out. And, and, and we want the Israeli army to continue this, which is just an amazing thing. Uh, I think one of the big headlines is that Tel Aviv has now been targeted three days in a row, uh, and the people in Tel Aviv are getting somewhat of a feel of what it's like in, in southern Israel. Uh, there have been videos on YouTube uh, of, of uh, this you know, siren going off, and people on the beaches, <laughs> on the boardwalk, wherever it is, running for cover, you know, and in Tel Aviv they have more time. In Tel Aviv they have up to a minute, uh, while in Beirut they have up to 30 seconds, and areas closer is 15 seconds to get un- into shelter. Um, I just spoke to a friend of mine in Tel Aviv. His, uh, his daughter was uh, just called from school that uh, should come and pick up his granddaughter because uh, they have to close school. There's sirens, and they don't have a place in their their particular school, they don't have an area where the kids can go. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's hard for us to comprehend that a million, over a million people in Israel, way over a million, are under this constant threat that at any second the siren can go off and they got to grab their kids and run to a safe area and wait and wait and wait, not knowing what's going to happen and where this rocket is going to hit. Right, and this can happen at any second in your day and any second in your night. One of the other uh, the, the other things that are that is not really discussed as much in the media, the media certainly doesn't play it up, is no, that, I, uh, is that the, Hamas is, I, mean, I just want to say, is that oh, yeah. Hamas is not the equivalent of a government. Uh, it is a terrorist organization. And right. when they talk about the truces or the ceasefires or fighting them, the equation, because Hamas is supposedly the duly elected uh, uh, government in the in Gaza, in Gaza. Uh, so they're equating it with the Palestinian people, 
and and it's you know may not be a fair comparison because this is the, what, what Israel is fighting is a terrorist organization, and you just mentioned the rockets going to Israel, going to Tel Aviv, which Israel has talked about for years, the amassing of additional weaponry, better weaponry coming from other countries, and now maybe, maybe when people see this, although I doubt it, but maybe when people see this, they will realize that when Israel is talking about Iran, and Iran ratcheting up its nuclear production and saying they're getting there, they are going to more, don't wait until it's too late. Here we see that uh, after all these years, it's not just the small rockets, it's the larger rockets that have come into Israel. Right, right. Or to Gaza and then going. Uh, you're right, and Iran is not, is it, a forgotten issue right now, obviously, because of this, but you're 100% right for, for you know, having these two equated. It, it is absolutely true. This is a something that we always have to think about, that if, if these rockets, and we, we can think back to the uh, first Gulf War when the Scuds uh, were, were falling on Tel Aviv, and there there was a concern that they would have possibly chemical warheads. Uh, here we know they don't have any um, nuclear or chemical warheads, but Iran is developing one. And just uh, take this and imagine... Uh, Imagine it with uh, the same scenario with a nuclear warhead. You're 100% right. right it's, the, a, it's a frightening thought. The news reports are that uh, different world leaders are coming to the area, or representatives yes. leader coming yes. to the uh, area this week, next couple of days even. Uh, today, uh, the French foreign minister is supposed to arrive in Yerushalayim um, to discuss uh, the issue. Uh, the UN general, uh, the UN secretary general, is supposed to yes. arrive in the next few days. Uh, the uh, people from Turkey and Qatar are being asked to to help on this on the on the Hamas side. The one thing that's good so far that we see, at least, uh, you know, it's it's certainly more helpful at this point is that the United States is certainly uh, keeping to the line that uh, Hamas is the uh, is the group that has started this, and the backing is thoroughly behind Israel at this point. I never thought I would say this, but you got to give props to uh, the Obama administration. Right, absolutely, absolutely. They're a strong supporter. And, and they're, uh, they're supporting so far, and everything is, uh, which is important and good. It's, it's crazy, of course, that Turkey, which is one of Israel's main enemies right now in the world, is supposedly a broker. Egypt, which is controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood, which is an enemy of Israel, although they still have a peace treaty, is uh, playing this game as well because they need... Uh, they continue to need American assistance, so they're they're not playing up the anti-Israel rhetoric too much. Right. Um, but uh, you know, at, well, at the bottom line, unfortunately, and most analysts in Israel say this, there is no solution to this problem. No, of course, no except what's for being done right now, it's not going to solve the problem right. unless Hamas is taken out. Exactly. And not happening. Exactly. So what the hope is that Israel will manage to set them back somewhat, manage to inflict enough damage on their infrastructure uh, to stop um, to stop it for some period of time and to create enough of a fear on their side uh, that they should not want to do this. Right. It's interesting because the countries that were mentioned to her, as you said, brokering this, I'm not so sure that, uh, that A, they are really brokering between Israel and Hamas. They're probably... You know, maybe getting involved on the Egyptian side or through back channels with Hamas, and B, some of them may may say, "Don't ask me this," because it looks like that uh, these governments are being asked to rein in Hamas. I don't think they're being asked to broker between Israel and Hamas. So they're basically being told, "You know, you guys have control over them, and you guys can control them." 
so control them, rein them yeah. in. And yeah, well, <laughs> those countries may be like, I, I, hey, don't, don't, about, don't equate me right now with them. Egypt is not being very successful. They, they are trying, and Hamas is saying no. Uh, Hamas is very disappointed that Egypt is not being more supportive. But Egypt has its own agenda. As we say, Morsi is going to be coming to the United States very soon for a meeting with Obama's first meeting. And he needs to remain diplomatic. He needs to show a diplomatic face. Uh, and he, he needs the United States funds. So uh, internally he speaks, uh, you know, uh, with a lot of bravado about our Palestinian brothers. But <clears throat> at the bottom line, he is uh, he's not actions. He's not taking any major actions. I'll tell you one other thing about this, which I find those sm- sometimes the small little stories that, that tell a lot about the situation. For example, in Tel Aviv and in Ashdod, Ashkelon, all the major cities that are in the in the uh, range of the missiles, they've been asking people who live in apartment buildings that have buzzer doors, you know, when you enter, to leave the doors unlocked so that when people have to run for shelter, they can run in. Interesting. It's just a small little thing. You say, wow, I didn't even think about that, but that everybody should, every house is potentially a safe place for someone who's just walking by in the street. Over Shabbat, Thousands of families were from the south were invited by families in Yerushalayim and in the north to spend Shabbat with them and, and went to get a break, to get a rest. Not that they're running away, but they just sometimes need a break, especially with the kids. Uh, over Shabbat, for example, uh, you know, uh, observant families don't leave a radio on, on Shabbat. And if they need to, it would be very disruptive. So <clears throat> years ago, this concept of a silent frequency was devised. And it, it happened this past Shabbat. They announced before Shabbat, this, tune in, tune your radio to this and this station, and it remains silent the entire Shabbat until there is a need for an emergency announcement, in which case the frequency is put into action and an announcement is made. So observant people can leave on their radio, and it won't disrupt them at all unless they need an announcement that is, uh, a, a, you know, about a life-threatening situation. Right, absolutely. These are all the small little things that people... You know, we don't think about it, but it all comes into play and creates a whole different atmosphere. And the atmosphere in Israel in general, while it is one of concern and danger and, and death, yet at the same time, it is, it is like a whole different country during these times. Absolutely. People who, who are together like, like no other time, and it's, it, there is a beauty in that. Right. We, we, a lot of times we compare the geography of Israel to, uh, or the size of Israel at least, to uh, New Jersey. And I uh, put in perspective that, that we're up here in the north, they're in part of New Jersey. And if this were happening, you know, if, if Pennsylvania were, um, or Philadelphia area, for instance, were raining in uh, rockets into right. the Trenton area, into the Cape May area, into the areas down, down south, we're up here. We may not. Uh, we may not feel it unless an extra, you know, extra long-range rocket gets up to this area. But you know, just imagine. Put yourself in that perspective of life going on here and what's happening just you know, relatively a few dozen miles away. It's not. You know, it's not yeah. that maybe a couple hundred right. miles away. It's not that. Uh, it's not that far. Hopefully, as I said before, this week will will bring a uh, you know, some peace and quiet. Uh, Hanukkah is coming up in a couple of weeks. Three weeks from today is the first day of Hanukkah, I believe, right? Three weeks from today is the, yeah, three weeks from today is the first day of Hanukkah. It'll be the 25th of Kislev. So 
we look to uh, we look to better times and hope Amen. to hear better news. Thank you, Mayor Amen. Weingarten, for joining me this morning. We look forward Thank to speaking you, to you soon. Good. Take care. Bye bye. It is uh, 8:19 on, in the morning here on JM Sunday. Thanks to all of you uh, who have been listening this morning. We appreciate it very very much. If you have a second and you haven't done so, go to JM Sunday on Facebook. JM Sunday, like the page so we increase the likes over there. If you have any song requests, like a number of people did this morning, send it over to matis at nachamsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsegel.com. And we're going to go back to the music. Here is Ohad Moskowitz with the Mashkimim on JM Sunday. Shreinu, 
That's when I lift my eyes to the skies, dreaming, dreaming, days gone by. And I know you said that all I need is an honest try, an honest try. But in the dark of night, in the lonely heights, you give me the strength to keep up the fight. But I can't move on, I can't live life without you. Sometimes life's like an ocean. Quiet is blue. Sometimes life's like an ocean sailing with you. Sometimes life's like an ocean raging like a fool. Sometimes life's like an ocean when it's drowning in you. Rivers have come to surround me. Without you by my side. Without you by my side. Without you. Without you by my side. 
8.32 in the morning here on a JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you. It is a Sunday morning, the 18th of November, the fourth day in the month of Kislev. And uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us this morning. We've had some great programming this morning, I must say, <laughs> if, I, if I say so myself. I want to remind everyone about our uh, silent, which now became a uh, full-blown campaign, year-end campaign over at JM and the AM. Uh, because of the damage inflicted on the uh, station's uh, equipment, especially the electronic equipment, from Hurricane Sandy, uh, we've incurred over a quarter of a million dollars in damage to very, very expensive, very sensitive equipment. We're able to function for sure on, on backups, but we must, uh, we must you know, replace everything there and fix everything up as quickly as possible. Usually we have a silent campaign at the end of the year, but now it's turned into a full-blown campaign to help us at this time. Please go to jmandtheam.org, jmandtheam.org. There's a pledge box right on top. Click on it, pledge as much as you can, as generously as you can. We appreciate that very, very much. Before, uh, let's see, we just heard By My Side from Eighth Day. Before that, B'Shem Hashem. And uh, before that, Mashkimim. That was our song segment that we had after Mayor Weingarten, who I thank again for joining us joining us this morning. If you have any song request or uh, information you want to send to us, get it to us at matis at nachamsegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at nachamsegel.com. Today, at uh, 1 o'clock this afternoon, there's going to be a, a special parenting workshop called Navigating the Spectrum and Beyond, taking place at the Chabad of Randolph. It is uh, under the auspices of C&C Behavior Consulting. And uh, the question is, are you a parent that suspects your child may have autism? We're joined right now by one of those C's of C&C Behavior Consulting, Cindy Ost. Good morning, Cindy. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Fine, thank you. So how is that question answered? Are you a parent that suspects your child may have autism? Well, we're really we're looking at parents who either think they, their kids may have autism based on um, if they see their children are maybe engaging in behaviors that other children the same age are not engaging in or maybe they're not meeting some of the milestones that they should be at certain ages. Um, but also parents who maybe already know that their kids have autism, they've already received a diagnosis, and they just want, you know, a little more insight. They want to have some place to go, some, you know, maybe build a connection, a network of other parents who have children with autism, and just get a little bit more information. Are schools uh, in tune to the autism spectrum uh, these days, whether it's Asperger or autism, uh, in, uh, in evaluating a student, and did the schools have enough uh, people there and the right people to evaluate these? I think the awareness is definitely out there. There's definitely more people are aware of it, but as far as moving forward with, <clears throat> excuse me, with how do I get a diagnosis, who do I talk to, how do I get the training, how do I find the right school, how do I get training for my school, how do, once you get to staff, how do I get training for my staff, that's a big question mark for a lot of parents. So that's something we want to get out there and we want to help them out with. So this, uh, today's workshop is specifically is geared towards parents. It's a free parent workshop, and it takes place from 1 to 4 p.m. today. It's at the Chabad of Randolph, 48 West Hanover Road in Randolph, New Jersey. It is uh, free for families. Professionals, I believe, are also invited, but I think there might be a fee 
for that. Now, there's going to be um, a presentation, handouts, uh, mm-hmm. and information on what to look for, uh, the basics of applied behavior analysis, and uh, also, this is interesting because many parents may have, uh, may be working with therapists or their children may be working with therapists, and the question is, how do you know if your child's therapist is a good match? So how do you, how do you know that? Because most of the time, you are, I guess, recommended to someone, and you assume that person, you know, certainly a professional, I would assume that person is and is capable, but how do you know if that's a, a match? How long do you wait? What do you look for? Well, there, and that's something we're, we're going to cover pretty pretty thoroughly in our workshop today. But there are little things that we, Hannah, my, my partner and I, we've we've done enough supervising of therapists over the past year and a half that we see many times where the therapist that's in the home, whether it's an ADA therapist or a speech therapist or OT, there's something off. Either the the therapist just didn't know how to build the right chemistry with the child, or um, or they're not on the same page as the rest of the team. There's there's different ways that different little things that um, little red flags parents should be looking out for, and then also letting parents know like be an advocate for your child. It's okay. Some parents are great about that, and some parents are a little more timid. They feel like they need to give the power over to the professional, and so we just want to give parents those tips, those little red flags, and then give them the empowerment to say, you know what, this is not a good match for my child. It's not a good match for my family. Let's find somebody else. True. Would you agree with the statement that it is very important that if a parent sees, as you said before, that something may be uh, off with the child's behavior or it doesn't seem to be quote-unquote normal uh, or, or there's something going on, that it is very important for a child, for a parent to be proactive and seek some type of uh, help or testing uh, or, or something that's out there for the child and not just feel that, oh, I think they'll grow out of it, or it's because of this or because of that. Right. No, absolutely. If there's anything about about your child that you just feel something isn't right, something, you know, the child's just developing differently, even if it's not autism, even if it turns out, you know, if your child is 18 months or 2 years old and there's something kind of off and it turns out in three years that there, there never was a problem, it's better to go ahead and get in there and get the services. I've seen many children who have had a diagnosis of, PDD or even autism, and then after some therapy, they call they what we call present as typical, because maybe there was just something like that. Even if it wasn't autism, maybe there was just something, and they needed a little extra help to get over that hurdle. And then you know, and if it is autism, then early intervention is the best thing for that child. <clears throat> excuse me, to be able to to start learning some skills and be able to to have a really good quality of life. Autism uh, is considered a, uh, a spectrum. Is that the way it's? Uh, there's an autism spectrum of, of uh, right. symptoms, is it? Or uh, you know, how, yeah. how, how is it linked in with uh, autism, Asperger? What's the range? What is that uh, that that broad well, spectrum? Yeah, they call it a spectrum disorder because it, the the symptoms range from from very very mild to very very severe. And actually, the DSM is being revised again. And in the new DSM, I think in a year or two, I don't remember exactly what year. Um, it's, excuse me, it's going to be revised. So some of the diagnoses are going to be changed, some of them are going to be dropped, but it is considered a spectrum disorder because it ranges from someone who maybe just presents, you know, in Asperger's it's mostly just kind of social, a social deficit where they just have some issues reading social cues. Um, 
but it also ranges to very, very severe, where some of these children who have autism, they don't speak, and they have a very difficult time understanding or, or communicating in any way. So, and then there's the, the people and the kids who fall in between. Would you say... broad spectrum. I'm sorry. Would you say that for most people who are diagnosed uh, with some part of the spectrum, within some part of the spectrum, can be helped by the proper therapy and proper uh, whatever it is, whether it's behavior modification or whatever, uh, you know, program they're set up with? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's also your definition of help, you know. (laughs) Um, Everyone can benefit from having having some kind of intervention that, again, helps them get over some hurdle. I mean, as a behavior analyst, I always recommend ABA because it's very, very effective. And that's another thing we're going to be going into in the workshop is why it's so effective. And even giving the parents some of the terminology so they understand what their therapists are saying when they're going into the therapies. But even, you know, speech therapy is very, very effective. Occupational therapy, physical therapy, these are all things that when there is when there is just that little something, even if it's a little something or a big something, these therapies, getting them early, will definitely help them get over that hump or just, you know, sometimes to speak non-behaviorally, just kind of make it click and then move on to the next step and then the next step and just keep building on all those steps. Most schools nowadays do have professionals who are uh, allied with the school, either working for the school or, or as consultants who can help. Would you say that the, uh, the first place that a parent should go would be to the school if they sense that there's something amiss? Um, I would say go to your school, you know, see what kind of programs they have set up. You can... You see, there, there are a lot of resources. You can ask your pediatrician. Um, you know, if you have a very young child, you can look into early intervention, depending on how that works in your state. You know, in New York State, you can you can look in, you can contact early intervention. Um, you know, or just having a community, having a network of people where you can get, you know, well, who did you talk to? Who did you talk to? How did you get this service? You know, who trained your therapist? You know, that's, that's one of the most important things I've seen for parents is when they have a network. Of, of other parents who are going through similar things because they make the recommendations and they say, well, I, I saw this therapist and, you know, they were really great because they did this. Right. CNC, consult, uh, CNC Behavior Consulting is the name of the organization. Cindy Ost joins us this morning. The other C in CNC is Hannah Tilson, who's been on the air uh, with us uh, in the past to talk about uh, the programs that you run. Uh, primarily, do you run programs for parents or professionals or both? Both, really. Parents, um, definitely parents, professionals who are in the field who are, who are looking for some more training. Um, we also do, we also are broadening our awareness to um, emergency, emergency first responders, such as police officers and firefighters, paramedics, just to get it out there because there, there is a good training for them and, um, it's something that, you know, a lot of police officers, they come into contact with adults who have autism, and they don't, the thing about autism is you don't see it. You know, it's one of the, it's, it's one of the, the invisible, they're calling it like an invisible disability. You can't see it on a person's face. So, unfortunately, they won't know until they encounter these, these unusual behaviors from them. So, just kind of broadening that awareness and offering some of our trainings out there to them. But primarily, we are definitely focusing on families schools, professionals, therapists, clinics, and centers. Excellent, excellent. Navigating the Spectrum and Beyond, a free parent workshop taking place today between 1 and 4 p.m. Eastern Time in Randolph, New Jersey, at the Chabad of Randolph, 48 West Hanover Road. 
and uh, some of the topics to be featured, characteristics and what to look for in the uh, autism spectrum, I guess, uh, basics of applied behavior analysis, what is it, why is it effective, and the learning terminologies, and tips on how to know if your child's therapist is a good match. Cindios, thank you for joining us this morning on JM Sunday. The best way of getting in touch with you and your organization would be how? Um, you can go to, we have a, a Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook. Um, you can go to our website, um, www.ccbehavior.com, right? That's what I have here. Yeah, I just got distracted by my kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and we also have, we have flyers, we have literature, we have lots of information out there, so you can reach us um, primarily on our website or Facebook, and you can email us. Our, our addresses are all there. Excellent. Thank you very much. Looking forward to speaking to you again soon, and good luck on today's program. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you. Sure thing. It is 844 in the morning here on a JM Sunday. Thanks for, uh, for joining us, everyone. And we're going to go back to music. Here is Benny Friedman with uh, Barachamim on JM Sunday. Okay. 
8.57 in the morning here on JM Sunday. Matas Weingast with you. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's been a pleasure to have you here this morning with us. I want to thank my guests. We had Hannah Levy 
Levi Julian of uh, Ruth Sheva, Israel National News. She's an editor over there talking about Israel and what's going on. Mayor Weingarten joined me this morning also in terms of uh, talking about Israel. Uh, Cindy Oust of CNC Behavior uh, Consulting talking about their uh, autism and talking about the program that they're having today over at the Chabad of Randolph between 1 and 4 today on the topic of navigating the spectrum and beyond. Program coming up for this week, Nachum will be in at JM in the AM tomorrow morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. He'll be in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then coming up on Thursday, Miriam L. Wallach will be taking over the airwaves for a Thanksgiving morning, her first Thanksgiving on the air at JM in the AM. We look forward to that. And then Friday morning, Mayor Weingarten will be in for Nachum. So that'll be the week. Uh, this week, the stream picks up all week long. And uh, coming up at 9 o'clock starts our day-long programming of uh, Encore presentations, starting with Charlie Harari with the Book of Life, followed by the Stunt Show. After that, a repeat of last night's uh, Saturday Night Seagull. Miriam will be on uh, with uh, That's Life at uh, 1 p.m. Something to talk about with Randy Wartelski, Rabbi Steve Berg with the Jewish Reaction, the Z Report with Yossi Zweig, encores at 4 p.m. today. And don't forget, Z Report on Wednesday, live during lunchtime, 12 noon. Looking forward to that. Thank you to Yossi. I love listening to that program and all the programs on the web. Today at 6 p.m., the spin class with Michael Fragan. JM Sunday repeats at 12 midnight tonight. And then tomorrow morning, we have JM and AM at 6 a.m. And all throughout. Whenever there isn't that programming, we have great stream music prepared and put together by Mark Zamek. A wonderful job that he does there. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Hopefully this will be a uh, quieter week in Israel and things will get back to some semblance of real normalcy over in the state of Israel. Don't forget our silent, which is now our major campaign over at JM and the AM, uh, jmandtheam.org. Help us with... uh, Getting back after the storm. Thanks again for listening.